everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 30, Flirty, and Surviving. It is your host, Tracy. New episodes come out every Monday at 9 a.m. on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, and also additional video clips on YouTube. So be sure to go ahead and check those out. Subscribe if you haven't already, and go to our Instagram page at 30, Flirty, Surviving, and you can see some behind-the-scenes stuff, additional content, and clips along the way as well. I am, well, I should say about maybe a year ago, I had promised you guys if if my OGs know, when we had um, Joey Pricks on the podcast last summer, we had talked about body modification and I had promised you guys that one day we were going to eventually have a conversation about not just tattoos and piercings, but other ways that we could potentially enhance our beauty and do some things that um, not everybody does or that we've thought about and we haven't tried. Maybe do some myth busting. And the day has finally come. I have with me my friend, Christina Borelli. She is a physician's assistant and she's recently opened up her own med spa called Skin Design Aesthetics. She does cosmetic or aesthetic medicine, but she has a wonderful and exciting background, which we're going to get into. And she is going to also explain all of the different types of services that are out there in ways that we could, if you're interested, if it's your thing, potentially enhance our beauty. So I am so excited. She's the only (laughs) woman that I would ever trust with my face. Oh, girl. Christina, thank you so (laughs) much for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I didn't know you were going to set me up like that. So now I'm like, oh, I'm like ready. I'm ready yeah. to talk. We're yes. going to talk some beauty, cosmetic, aesthetics. Let's go. Yes. I'm excited to be here. I've got it. I feel like it's so hard to um, give yourself a little pat on the bat. So I, on the bat? On the back? On the butt? So, uh, yeah. Wherever, wherever, wherever you like to be. <laughs> padded Mm -hmm. but I like to you know get the ball rolling a little bit let the people know who you are in case you feel a little shy talking about all your resume you know oh my resume so my name is Christina I recently opened as Tracy knows a med spa uh, skin design aesthetics we're located in Pembroke and we specialize in aesthetic medicine including injectables and non-surgical minimally invasive skin treatments and procedures and um skincare. So that is my creme de la creme. And I'm so lucky to be able to treat someone like Tracy who trusts me with her beauty, which I don't have to do much, obviously. (laughs) I paid her to say that. Well, you say it much more eloquently than I do. But now that the people know who you are, why you're here, what you do, I like to do a couple introductory questions before we really get into the nitty gritty. So if you will play along with me. Okay. First and foremost, how old are you? Girl, I am 65. No, I, I am 34. <laughs> Imagine she's like, I that's am how, 65, but from my um, career, you would never I know it. <laughs> that's how good I am. I am 65. I'm 34 years old. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. And what is your relationship status? I am happily married to a man named Colin. Shout out, Colin. We love you. That's right. He is the best. He is. He is truly a wonderful human being. Yes, he's a good guy. Um, and you have a beautiful 11-month-old baby together. We do. Miss Kaylee. Yes. Kaylee Ann. She, he, she's 11 months. She'll be one September 16th. And yeah. the most fashionable 11-month-old, I might yeah. say. We try. Yeah. That's where most of my money goes. <laughs> I outfit my child. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what else are you going to spend it on, really? I know. It's true. Skincare. That's yeah. it. Skincare and outfits for my baby. <laughs> Perfect. Um, where were you born and raised? Born in Abington, Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. I know, random, I but like, only. Oh, I live in Abington, <laughs> not <laughs> Pennsylvania. But raised in Kingston, Massachusetts. I was in Pennsylvania for like a year. Okay. And then, Are you in Hanover now? I live in Hanover now. Hanover yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. So it's a South Shore girl. That's right. Wow. When did you move to Massachusetts? I was like one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We were in Weymouth for a while while my parents were building the house in Kingston, but we've been in Kingston since I was like two. Okay. Yeah. Also, parents, your parents are a riot. You, yeah, they're, 
Yeah, you can say that. That's a word they for it, a riot. so funny. They're <laughs> such a good time. They are. They I are. I met they are them at the opening yeah. of the Mets. I mean, I adore them. Yeah. I adore them. They're very supportive. They are. In many ways. My mom takes care of my baby when I can't or when I'm working. She's the best nanny. And then, yeah, my dad. My dad's, um, he's a vibe. Yeah, he is. He's fun. That's a show for a different day. That is. We'll talk about that. We can talk about Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, since we talked about it, what has been your favorite part about being a mama? Watching her learn new things. It's just the silliest thing. I'm just like, I can't believe she just did that. And like, I think she's saying a word. So anytime there's just this like, this new wonderment are learning the tiniest little thing. It's, It's a moment. And I'm like, God, I wish I recorded that. But you know, you can't record everything, but it's just yeah, watching her just take in the world and learn different things. Like today she learned like she has this little this little game. If you put the ball in the hole in order to get the ball back out, you have to like slide the top. And yeah. she figured that out. I'm like, how did you figure that out? It's just like when she. Yeah. Even though she's still so young and probably mm-hmm. not able to. I'm sure a little word here and there. Or is she speaking? Oh, mama. 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 Yeah. mama. Everything's mama. So she can't articulate too much, but no. she's absorbing. She's she learning. is. She is. I'm worried what her next word might be. She's absorbing a lot. So we have to pump the brakes on some words that we say around the house. Well, maybe <laughs> it will be Botox. Med school, here maybe, she comes. Maybe it will. <laughs> maybe it will. Or housewives. I don't know. Ooh. We watched a lot of housewives. I'll take either. Do you have a favorite yeah. season? Oh, God. Um, or franchise, I should okay, say. Okay, let's. Okay. I, oh, gosh. Not to <laughs> completely divert the topic, but Jersey. I mean, you brought it up. Jersey. I, have I to just. Agree. I watched that actually when I was pregnant with her and because I, I wasn't into Jersey, but then I binged it and it's Jersey. Yeah. Did yeah. you see the paparazzi pics from Teresa's wedding? Oh God, did I? The Wait, hair. So like, yeah, like what, 15,000 bobby pins in her and that updo? $10,000 later, Yeah, she looks like yeah. um, my gypsy wedding yeah. on TLC. Yeah. It's not wild. not a fan, but yeah, you know, I know. But it was Teresa. I mean, you right. know, what did the, we expect? Yeah, she flips tables. I right. mean, you know, she, that's her hairstyle. That's Who the hairstyle is. for her. What it is exactly? That's in that's in her blood. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, last but not least, what is your zodiac sign? Oh, I'm a Pisces. You know, I did you know that about me? No, I didn't. Yeah. It's a March, early March. Okay, Pisces. I'm late March, but you oh, so we give just... me more Aries vibes than really? than Pisces vibes. Yeah. Why? You're just so outgoing and oh, personable. And not that Pisces aren't. I'm not saying that they're yeah. not. But I, you just like seem like you have a little bit more fire in you. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't, I don't disagree with that. I feel like, you know, being the water sign, I, I feel like sometimes, though, I do fit it. But I can see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. My Pisces really comes into play when it comes to other people. I do care about what other people think. I want to be liked. I want to make people feel good like that's that's very much part of the Pisces and that's very much a part of me and then also I didn't think I was creative until I really got into like aesthetics I was like what's my you know I can't draw I can't paint I can't sing I danced as a kid but like this is like this is my creative outlet that I didn't know until later in life but yeah Look at you. I think that's my, that's my, yeah. Breaking the mold a little bit, right? I think so. Yeah. You don't have to have a paintbrush. <laughs> exactly. You have a, a syringe and a needle, you know? That's right. It's <laughs> scarier, but it's there. It's there. And it does the things it needs to do. Yes, it does. <laughs> so let's get it started. Okay. I think it's always important before we kind of talk about how you got here or where yeah. you are now, it's talking about where did it begin? Where did it all get started? Yeah. So tell everyone a little bit about your education and initial sort of career journey yeah. prior to skin design. Okay. So I got my bachelor's in biology from Emanuel College in Boston. Graduated, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not loving. I worked for like fidelity and customer service. I did some pharma recruiting, did not like either. And I'd heard about a PA in the past. It was kind of in the back of my mind. And I wanted to be in beauty in some way. And having the bachelor's degree, I was kind of like, okay, well, I, I was literally looking like hairdresser, like makeup, like how can I work in the beauty realm? And I was like, oh, I remember this thing called like a PA. Like, what is that? And so I, I literally, like Googling, like how... And I was always kind of self-conscious about my lips. I always had very small lips. 
my daughter has the same <laughs> lips. So I'm like, girl, thank God. She'll I'm, be just fine. She okay? will be fine. Not until she is well into her 20s. But yeah, <laughs> she will be just fine. But I always had that, like, not self-conscious, but just like, oh, I wish my lips were a little bigger. So literally, like, look, looking like, how can I make my lips? I'm like, oh, lip filler. What is this thing? How can I be in the beauty realm but practice medicine? And it all kind of came together. So even before I applied to PA school, I knew I wanted to be in aesthetic medicine. I wanted to go to Northeastern. That's where I went. Uh, for PA and you have to have a certain number of patient care hours to apply to Northeastern. So I actually worked um, in emergency medicine. I was an EMT for professional ambulance. They do the 911 service for the city of Cambridge. So it was great experience, but that was like my segue into emergency medicine. So got my degree in PA studies and worked at Mass General in the emergency department. That was my first job out of school. And about a year into that job, I started shadowing and kind of learning about aesthetic medicine. So by the end of 2017, I was into aesthetic medicine. And then by early 2018, I was practicing it. So it's been almost five years. And that's that's where we are now. I love that you... Instead of saying, okay, this is the career that I want because it makes money or my parents want me to or that's what society yeah. thinks we should do, you've said you worked backwards a little bit. This is my mm-hmm. passion. This is what I'm interested in. Yeah. How can I get myself there? Yeah. Which is very commendable because not everybody does that. So I yeah. love that you knew that yeah. prior to even applying to school and getting started. Um, I also love that it was kind of something that you stumbled upon. And because yeah. I think most people who go into the medical field, mm-hmm. I think not everybody, but mm-hmm. a lot of people know from an earlier age or like kind of mm-hmm. younger, they say, you know, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm yeah. going to be a nurse, I'm going to do this. And then the masters and the certifications all kind of just pile on top of it yeah but you you were a little unconventional which I, I admire I Thank love you. that I, I never really thought about that that's, that's kind of cool yeah I, cool. I never really thought of it that way but yeah I did I kind of I kind of worked backwards a little bit but I, you know I had a lot of help along the way but yeah yeah so and I'm and I'm still I'm still in emergency medicine I'm at South Shore in the emergency department still so I will be stepping away from there more to a per diem role to be full-time at Skin Design. Spoiler, yeah. South Shore. Sorry if you yeah. don't know this already. They, they do know. Okay. They, they do know. It was, you know, it was a hard decision to make. I've been in emergency medicine for six years. And I don't know, as a PA, you're trained in every area of medicine. And to just kind of like put myself now in a box is, is it's nerve wracking. But I'm going to stay there per diem. Listen, yeah, continue. This is, you've been working towards this. There's nothing to be nervous about. I know. But I am curious, what are the major differences that you've noticed working in emergency medicine versus aesthetics medicine? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think a good take home point is aesthetics is still medicine. You know, I use the term patient and client very interchangeably, but anyone I treat is my patient. So I might say either or in this conversation or in life, but um, you, you really are a patient of mine. And it starts when I meet you, getting a full medical history, knowing your medications that you're on and allergies and just having that full picture of the patient that you're treating, it is a form of medicine. So we have to respect it in that sense just as I would treating a patient in the emergency department. Now, obviously there are vast differences. People who see me at Skin Design are happy generally to see me. They're coming to me, they're happy, we're excited. The emergency department, it's one of those things that I'm like, nice to meet you, sorry it was here. And that's, you know, that's kind of how it is where it's different the way that we have to think in the emergency department. When you meet someone, you might, you're not addressing always one thing, you have a broad differential of what's going on and a high index of suspicion. I don't really have to have that in the in, in at skin design, so it's definitely different in that way. But I'm going to treat it seriously. It is still medicine. There are still adverse events that can happen, albeit rare, and I have to be prepared to respond to them as if I was in the emergency department and be able to treat things as they come up. I love that answer. I wanted to make sure I asked that question mm-hmm. because I do think it is really important to address this is mm-hmm. you know aesthetics cosmetics it seems like it's this just levels below any other type of medicine when in reality it still needs to be talked about that yeah. it is medicine and yes. there are there's so much more that goes into it and maybe from my experience as your 
patient or your mm-hmm. client, it may not come off that way, mm-hmm. but there is a lot that you're thinking about. There's many times where I have asked you, oh, what about this spot? What about yeah. that spot? And you're like, well, you know, your facial nerve, like number 12 or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. is right there. So no, girl, we're not touching you. And I would never have to think about that, but you do. There's yeah. still so much that goes into it. It is not about just giving you a fresh face and looking yeah. pretty. There's a lot underneath the surface, no yeah. pun intended. Seriously, there's a so, lot underneath there. And we have to think about it. And anytime I'm putting a needle anywhere, whether it's in the emergency department or at skin design, I'm thinking about what's underneath and what harm can I cause potentially because our first, you know, as a provider, our first oath or, or thought is do no harm. And so that guides me and how I treat people. It doesn't matter where I'm treating them. As a patient of yours, again, I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start talking about the business itself. And yeah. and, and it's fairly new. It's it been is. a couple months. Yep. Um, but you finally got there. And congratulations to you for that. You. I've been there. It's absolutely <laughs> stunning. It's beautiful. Thank you. I know the blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into it. Yeah. But, you know, you finally have reached that point that you were hoping for because it was this, this journey of mm-hmm. getting the degree, getting your, you know, practice and being hands-on, getting your experience, then transitioning into this space or this niche, now finally owning something of your own. This isn't something that happened overnight. So talk to me about the concept of the med spa itself and also just why you wanted to have your own business versus working potentially at at another salon. I've had it in the back of my mind, but it didn't really rear its head until, honestly, I was like three, four months pregnant. So um, there was a lot of changes. And I think I, I maybe I when I started looking into it, there was a little bit of an emotional aspect to it, maybe. And the, so I was, it was probably early 2021 when I kind of thought like, hey, I think, I, I think I'm going to try to do this on my own. And then that boulder just kept rolling faster and faster down the hill until I was like, wow, I'm really doing this. And I feel like when people, I, I don't know, in life, when you make like a big decision like that, you get to a point like, this is my point of no return. <laughs> this is it. And I, and I hit that really right before I gave birth. And I was like, this is really happening. I'm about to have like two children. I'm going to have a business and I'm going to have a baby. So yeah, um, bold move. Bold yeah, move. Yeah. People, when I told them, they were like, really, you're going to do that like together? And I'm like, yeah, like, why not? Like, it's hard, you yeah. know, like, and it was not easy, but you know, you roll with it. And I did the best I could in, in both areas. And I don't, I think it worked out pretty well, but my brand is very much an extension of me. I wanted something that was clean, but not sterile something that was comfortable and easy for people that they just felt good about. I really wanted to bring more of like a West Coast vibe to the East Coast. That was like one of my big things. And that wasn't just my idea. I worked with a woman, a designer. Um, well, she's more than a designer. But Nilda Martin, Space Lab Designs, she was fantastic. So she really helped me bring that vision to life. But, you know, the brand extends beyond, you know, I'm thinking about colors and smells and looks and feel. But it, ex- it extended beyond that. It ex- extended into the products and treatments and things that I wanted to bring into the spa. I was very fortunate to have a great mentor earlier in my career. I owe a lot to her. She gave me huge opportunity and I was able to work with and touch a lot of the products or actually every product, honestly, that's FDA approved on the market, whether it's filler or neuromodulator, I was able to touch and use them all. So I had an idea of what I wanted to bring into skin design and then treatments whether it's microneedling or lasers or radiofrequency, ultrasound, there's so many different modalities out there. I was able to experiment and use a lot of them. So I had an idea as well as like what I wanted to bring into skin design. And so we're working on like vetting a machine, which is a huge decision. So I'm trying them on (laughs) myself and it's gone well so far, but that's part of my brand too. What do I offer? And just how how we are, you know, it's me and my girlfriend, Jackie, we've been friends since we were 14 years old. She's my aesthetic coordinator and she's so much more than that. She helps me with everything, customer service and like outward facing for the spa, but then also social media, 
she the way that she talks and writes is different than me so I love it because it's you guys are a good it's great pair. yeah you guys are a really good team and yeah she's a great face to kind of be there right when somebody walks in totally. she knows exactly what to do yeah. I remember the night before your open house when you guys were you had just opened a couple weeks prior a new patient came in I was sitting there waiting for my appointment and she was just curious I think she lived in the area yeah. and she was just asking hey what is this what do you guys do and Jackie was going over every single product on the wall for skincare that you offer she was answering everything she is she is your like that person you want to keep in your pocket she's like your silent she's she's like something she's my right hand girl yeah that too is that a phrase yeah yeah that's a phrase i'm not great she's fantastic she's so amazing yeah i i love also too that you said the aesthetic i didn't even think about smell oh my god smell i'm like vetting candles right now it's it's wild but it is kind of this heart balance of mm-hmm. we need to be a sterile environment mm-hmm. in terms of safety not in terms of yeah. looks right yeah. so how do we balance the two how do we absolutely you want to come in and feel like okay if this person's going to be shooting shit into my face mm-hmm. i want to know it's safe here yeah. and it's clean but i also don't want to feel like i'm in a hospital yeah. i want to feel like i'm in a warm inviting environment where if i did have questions i can ask yeah. and i'm talking about my looks they'll understand mm-hmm. where i'm coming from and you've you've done it all very beautifully thank you um <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) So my question to you is being fairly new, I'm sure just like that woman who came in, you're Mm -hmm. getting a lot of of questions, a lot of new people Mm -hmm. from the area. What are some of the most common questions that you get asked from patients or your clients? The most common questions. So as far as like treatment areas, I feel like a first how am I going to treat lines and wrinkles on the like the upper third of my face? I think that's a big thing that people first start noticing. Because I feel like all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, where did this line come from? It's like it happened overnight. It yeah. really is. And that's the number of my patients who tell me that. Like all of a sudden, what the heck, this thing is on my face. So I feel like most of the time it starts with like 11. So like the lines between the eyebrows or the forehead lines. Those I feel like are the first area of concern for many of my patients. But then it's also lips, you know, more mm. voluminous lips, which you are blessed with naturally, Miss Tracy. But um, you are. But I think that's another hot area that I get asked about and how to improve improve the lips, improve the area around the mouth. And then um, skincare. I think skincare mm. too. And that's, you know, it doesn't all have to be about injectables and all these like fancy, expensive procedures. It can very much be like, come in, hang out with me. Let's talk about some good skincare. So yeah. And- yeah. I'm glad you noted that, too, because as much as you do offer a wide breadth of different options, Mm -hmm. there are things that are non-invasive at all. I mean, I know I would consider injectables probably very minimally minimally invasive, but even so, just product that we can use on your skin or treatments that you can do Mm -hmm. that don't require any of that. So if this isn't your thing and it's something that you're not comfortable with or you don't feel ready for it yet, there are still so many other alternatives that you can do. And I want to get into what those are just a little bit later, but I have some more (laughs) questions for you first <laughs> adversely so so it sounds like questions are mainly about what people feel or might call their problem areas they have questions about just what are my options generally here? generally yes Do they express concerns to you at all does someone come to you and say okay i've never done this before i'm a little scared about it oh absolutely I think that if you're not worried or like thinking like, oh, gosh, I'm a little nervous, like that's that's the rarity. Most people are a little bit nervous and that totally makes sense. You're doing something you've never done before and you're doing it to your face. So I totally understand the apprehension or the concern of the questions and I will feel them all day long. And if someone isn't ready, you know, they come in, they book the treatment, they're like, just not ready. They're just not there. I'm like, you know, why don't you like take take a week? Mm-hmm. Just reschedule with me and we'll do it then because this is something that's supposed to make you feel good. It's supposed to give you confidence. It's supposed to be a good thing. So if I'm causing you stress or this is causing you stress, that's not a good thing. So we, we don't want to go ahead with something if you're not like, okay, like 100%. And that doesn't mean you're not going to have some butterflies. But if we're like, if it's like really not the moment, then just come back. I'm not, I mean, I don't think I'm going anywhere. I don't think I'm going anywhere. So come see me later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's no rush. I, yeah, it's absolutely no rush. It's always Mm -hmm. gonna be there. Yeah. So if you're not 100% sure, 
take your time with it, sleep on it. But I also think, you know, it's not permanent either. Not that I'm saying just try it. Like I'm not trying to encourage you if you're not sure, but I think that is something that's a little bit comforting for people Mm -hmm. is unlike in a surgery of some sort or a tattoo, there are, these are things that are gonna dissolve in a couple of months or a year or whatever it is, depending on the service that you choose. So there is something nice to know that it's not a lifelong decision that they're making. So that's kind of helpful if someone is on the fence, but I would always advise not to do it if you're on the fence and wait till you feel 100% sure about it. But that is something that I've always really appreciated about Mm -hmm. you from day one. I mean, we have a a mutual friend. I know Helen's going to listen to this now because you're on it. Helen, first of all, never listens to any of my podcasts, (laughs) but I know she'll listen to this one. So yeah, Helen, I'm calling you out. But I know that our relationship from like, provider to patient is a little bit different because we already had that background. I didn't have to go into it blindly. Um, So I did already have that built-in trust for you, but you've exceeded my expectations with that every time since. I've been going to see you for what, three-ish years now? Maybe two and a half. And I would ask you a bunch of questions at first. I Feel like now we've got mm-hmm. our groove on we know yeah. what we're doing we kind of go in there we know but it I we would know your ask dose you <laughs> things and you would be like no girl i'm not touching that or mm-hmm. you'd explain why we shouldn't or yeah. what you'd prefer suggest instead yeah. and i think that is so important to the experience and also mm-hmm. the reason why people come back you know yeah. so you taking that extra minute to pause mm-hmm. and building the rapport with the person is exponentially greater in value than anything else. And I think ultimately it also gets the best results because you're really having those conversations and getting to the bottom of it before anything is getting done at all, which is really important. Has it been difficult for you to manage the salon, juggling, having a baby, being married, having another career as well or another job as well? What's that been like for you? So I, my personality since I was a child is go, go, go. I'm doing one thing. I'm looking at the next thing. I'm planning the next two things. So it wasn't really out of the realm of like abnormal for me to be doing a lot at one time and balancing a lot of things and kind of like having to look ahead at the next thing. I'm kind of like accustomed to living that way. And my husband kind of just has to like chase me around a little bit <laughs> and God bless him for that. But I, I I think that when it comes to the balance, so much of my business, I don't want to say re- not rely, but the social media aspect I think is tough. And I think it's, I think it's tough whether you own a business or whatever. It's just you're on your phone and everything's on your phone and the social media and it's it's hard to balance. So I, I think one of the the bigger things I, I try to be conscious of is that, you know, when I have worked a day at the spa or even if I'm at the hospital, I come home, I really try not to touch my phone until Kaylee goes to bed. So that is one change I've at least tried to really implement. But otherwise, like I'm just accustomed to this, like, go, go, go. Like, we're moving, we're grooving. We got things to do, people to see. But the, the three of us do a lot of things together. We've been going out with Kaylee since she was a week old. You know, we're just, we bring her to dinner, especially dinner. I mean, you know, we, yes. we frequent Alba. Yes. She likes the menu. She like rips them up. They're like paper there. So she just like tears them apart. She loves that restaurant. So we like, we try to do a lot of things, the three of us. And I think that that's really helpful. But yeah, I got to say, I'm not, I'm accustomed to this lifestyle of okay. just like doing things. It's just second nature for yeah, you. Yeah. It's just something different. And also all those years in the ER have helped, yeah. you know, there isn't really a time to, yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. So yeah. it's just part of who you are mm-hmm. at this point. Um, yeah. Well, I love to hear that because I know that it's a big undertaking. It's not easy. And you probably feel pulled in a lot of different directions at some point. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And it's okay to talk about and admit. So it happens, but you adjust, you adapt. Yeah. And I'm I'm very lucky. I have, my husband is um, a Cohasset firefighter paramedic. So the firefighter schedule is very helpful. You know, it's a day on, a 24 on, two days oh, off. Yeah. another. Tw- so he's like Mr. Mom. He, and he is so good. And 
that's I mean, it's hugely helpful. And then my mother, like I mentioned earlier, she's she's like our nanny kind of. Mm. Like she's available whenever we Which need her. She must she's hate. so hot. She hates she it. It drains her. It. Yeah. She's like, take this kid. No, she's <laughs> She might steal her. I don't know. Yeah, I was worried. One day she just doesn't. You're, yeah. They're just both gone. I'm like, she's going to call you mama. And I'm like, <laughs> she's like, she might. I'm like, she, she really might. She does. Yeah. So, yeah. That is adorable. I have a lot of support. So it's, it definitely takes a little bit of weight off my shoulders. And, um, and also I think another thing too is Colin never makes me feel bad about it. And I think that's just a way that he supports me that he doesn't even know. He doesn't ever make me feel bad about having to go to the spa or do X, Y, Z, whatever it is. It's just like, Oh, it's something like you have to do. It's something that we have to do. And, um, and that's hugely helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Last thing you need is guilt, especially mom guilt. I've learned that it's not a fun thing. So yeah. Oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. No, having a supportive <laughs> partner, I imagine, is yeah. tremendously helpful. Yes. So let's take it a step further. Okay. Let's get a little bit more granular. Okay. I want to start asking you some, some more nitty gritty questions. Not to make any sort of assumptions, but based on my experience, I would guess that generally speaking, a lot of people refer to Botox mm-hmm. as the service itself yeah but not a lot of people know that botox is really just a brand so when you're buying claritin versus cvs allergy medicine right like you call it claritin but you're you're just buying the antihistamine or whatever it is yeah but people refer you tracy it is an antihistamine oh my god oh girl so you know so people say botox but Mm -hmm. you may not be getting botox there's actually a couple different brands yep. that you could get and maybe some of them serve different purposes. Yep. Will you break down what those are and maybe which ones you prefer or yeah. why they're different? Totally. So I think that a significant number of people when they first come to me, everything is called Botox, whether it's actually Botox or a different brand of Botox, or we're talking about filler. It's all kind of enveloped into the word Botox. So Botox is a brand, like you said. And I think that example is, um, very good. The one I had prepared, though, is talking oh, so about sorry. NSAIDs. So I'm just going to use that one. So okay. the drug class is NSAIDs, and those are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And ibuprofen falls into that category. And then the two types of ibuprofen, uh, the Motrin um, and Advil. So just like Botox, the category is neurotoxins. Um, the medication is botulinum toxin A. And then the brands in um, the U.S. that are FDA approved are Botox Dysport, Xeomin and Juvao. So that's how it breaks down. Botox is not dermal filler, and I know we'll get into that later, but it's like a totally different animal. So neuromodulators or neurotoxins are the same thing. They get injected into the muscle and um, it paralyzes the muscle. So if you can't make the movements that are associated with the lines and wrinkles of that muscle's movement, you can't create the lines and wrinkles. So for example, if we're treating the forehead and we put a little bit of neuromodulator in the forehead and the function of this muscle is to raise things up, now we can't do that. So we can't create the lines and wrinkles associated with that movement. So that's how that medication works. They're all a little bit different. Most of the nuances from like to me as an injector, the patient doesn't have to worry about, but at Skin Design, we carry Botox and Dysport. And the biggest difference from a patient perspective is that Dysport tends to kick in faster. So when you get treatment, it you don't notice it right away. It takes a few days to kick in. So normally Dysport, anywhere from two, four to five days that you'll start noticing a change. And then Botox is more five to seven days and then full effect, meaning it's fully kicked in at two weeks. So you're not going to get any more of a result at after two weeks. So that's how they're kind of similar and different. And then, yeah, from a from an injector standpoint, there's some nuances that I need to know, but it's not not really important from to a to a patient. Okay. Yeah. The only reason I wanted to kind of talk about this is again the education piece. Mm -hmm. I know anyone coming to you their first time, you're gonna lay it out for them and let them kind of choose. That's what we did. Yeah. But no shame, no nothing. I don't know. But maybe some people walk in and say, I want Botox and they get Botox, not knowing mm-hmm. that potentially Dysport's an option. From day one, you've always used Dysport with me. Yes. So I would never 
go any other way now. I'm always, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a disport girl for life. <laughs> but we talked about what those differences are, if there's any different benefits, yeah. etc. And that's where we landed on. So knowing what your options are mm-hmm. and knowing what's available to you, yeah, is key. It's key. Totally. So full effect, two weeks. Yep. Typically, duration. When am I going in for my next appointment? Usually three to four months. Okay. And that's that's just how long the medication lasts. And it's going to be dose dependent. So we have to balance, you know, when these, when any medication goes through studies, there's certain dosages to get to a certain effect. So when we're talking about neuromodulators, let's talk about Botox specifically. When Botox went through their FDA approval, FDA, to get to the three to four months longevity, Units, it's dosed in units, so 20 units in the glabella area, so to like treat the 11s, 20 units across the forehead, and then 12 units on each eye for a total of 64 units for the upper third of the face to get to that three to four months longevity. But that's not good for every patient, and that's where the provider comes into play because we're balancing your your aesthetic. How much movement do you want? How do you want it to look? What's your muscle strength at... My phone going off. Sorry. <laughs> What's here? Girl, how did I put that? You want to know who it is? Who? Helen? It's Helen. Tell her. We can't even screw. cut this out now because it's Helen. <laughs> Wait, anyway. also, I have to say, too, for as long as she knows I will get my hands I've been on her, going way, to you, maybe a month or two ago, she goes, you've gotten your lips done, right? Oh, no. I won't touch them. I was like... First of all, I'm offended. You've been my friend since I was 16 years old. She's like, oh, I just assumed since you've been going to Christina. And I was like, Christina wouldn't ever let me. So little do you know. But she always assumes that I've had my lips done. And I've had many people ask me if I've had my lips done. And from now on, now that you've been on here and they know you, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say she won't touch them. She won't do anything. I won't. I don't want anything to them. I don't think I need to. But you don't. They're beautiful. I appreciate that. But it was just. She doesn't watch my show. She she doesn't know what I've had done to my face. Oh my god! Bad friend alert. We're gonna have to track her down. Yeah. Yeah. After after baby number three. Yeah. After baby but number anyway, three. But anyway, as you were. Okay. So we're balancing. You know, sixty four units is not right for everybody, and just like any other medication, we can dose it appropriately. So. One tablet of 200 milligrams ibuprofen might be enough for someone's headache. Someone might need three and need that 600 milligrams. It's not one size fits all. So it's really balancing a number of different things. We can play with the dosage of these medications just like any other medication to get you the look and aesthetic that you want. Now, that being said, if we don't want to go too low because we don't want you wearing off in six weeks and you're like, it, ha- it lasted six weeks. Right. I'm like, well, we use 12 units in your whole upper third of your face. You know, so that, you know, we need to balance a few things because I don't want it wearing off so quickly. But if we, if we, you know, if we do a good assessment, I, I'll give you my recommendations, what we need. We, I, I, as, as a new patient, we always err on the lower side because I can always add, I can't take it out. The stuff, you cannot remove it once it's in. When it comes to neuromodulators, you have to let it wear away. So I'd rather add it at your two-week follow-up. And then and you're like, I love it or I want a little more. Then we add it or we don't. And then we kind of yeah. see how long it lasts. And when it comes to the different brands, we st- like with you, we've always stuck with Dysport. But there's also no harm when switching between the two. Do Dysport once, Botox the other time if they both work well for you. But if you find you get longevity, the most longevity out of one product compared to the other, I mean, that's the one I would recommend you stick with. Like, why mm-hmm. not? It's going to last you the longest. Yeah. So, yeah. It's also really good to know that you can customize it like that because yeah. I, I think that even the question, how much movement do you want? Mm-hmm. People that may have not been familiar with this assume that your face is going to be frozen. You're not going to be able to move it. You're going to look all types of crazy. No. And you don't have – if that's the look you're going for, then go for it, girl. Oh, yeah. But if it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Which is really nice to know. Totally. And it comes down to not only to the dosage but where we put it. If I'm trying to maybe lift an eyebrow, then I'll treat the forehead and, you know, I say lift, you know, like like loose terms, loosely, loosely. I say lift loosely. But if we're trying to augment certain areas, then I'm going to inject it in the forehead or between the brows or around the eyes, like the crow's feet, differently, depending on the look that we're going for. So there's yeah. a lot of individual individuality that we put into this treatment it is not a one-size-fits-all from dosing to the actual injection points and so much more too so and time after time too 
even the side of your face, like no one's face. Oh, you're right. You and I have had this conversation many times, but it's even different for maybe your left versus your right. So you can really break it down into like the most granular level possible for what you're looking for. So it's good to know people that haven't been familiar with this. Yeah. On average, mm-hmm. this might be a twofold question. I was going to say, when do people start? But I think I'd, I'd I like love to that question. know. I'm prepared. Okay. But I think I want to know when you recommend versus what you've seen and if there's a difference. And if they're the same, that's okay. I think that, no, I think that some people do start too late. And, and the reason for that is not because I'm trying to push this onto people. Because again, this is... This is a personal decision. This is your decision. This is your face. This is your aesthetic. If you never want to do this stuff, good for you. If you do, good for you. There's no judgment either way. Well, certainly on my part, but I recommend it's not an age. It's more when you start to see those lines at rest because these medications, these neuromodulators, Botox and Dysport, they're made to treat dynamic lines. So the lines that you see when you do express, when you raise your eyebrows really high or when you furrow or when you smile really big, that's dynamic lines. So I'm moving the muscle, I'm expressing, I'm creating lines. So the medications treat those lines, but you can get an improvement in static lines. And those are the lines at rest. And those are the ones that people really start to notice where I'm not moving my eyebrows. I'm not smiling big. Why is this line etched into my skin? So I think a good rule, I guess, is when you start noticing that those lines are hanging around, even when you're not expressing, that's a good time to start considering getting treatment because I, it's a lot harder to go backwards. So once those lines are now etched into the skin, now it's not a, only a movement and muscle problem, it's a skin problem. The products will hopefully soften those static lines, but they're not going to obliterate them. They're etched into the skin. So now we're talking about skin treatments. We're talking about microneedling, lasers, really good skin care, maybe heavy on retinols for a while, um, or retinoids rather. Um, So there's a a lot more to do to go backwards once those lines are there. And that's where we kind of start talking about prevention, which I think is a big conversation right now when it comes to these types of, of treatments. Yeah, that you're hearing I think that that's mostly what we're doing for you, more. honestly. Well, that's very kind of you. You have very say. minimal lines. Very yeah, minimal. but it, it kind of what you were saying earlier, it's one of those things where it's the same way when I need a haircut, mm-hmm. when I want to get my nails done, you notice it and yeah. then you cannot get it out of your head. Yeah. So when I feel I need a trim, I need to go to the hair salon that week. When I need to get my nails done, I go mm-hmm. that day. It's this thing where once you see it, you can't mm-hmm. unsee it. Yeah. And it may be something that no one else sees. It yeah. might just be you, but if it's something that makes people feel better, yeah, why not try it? And totally. so there may be things that I think are worse than you actually do or that mm-hmm. anyone else does, but that's really not the point, yeah. right? It's about making yourself feel good, and I yeah. think that's why most people go and, and try it out. But yeah. I love you for saying that, yeah. but that's, that's again, a whole other show. That <laughs> but, is, I know. But you started to get into it, so let's go there. So if someone's not ready for this yet, yeah. What are what the alternatives for us? Skin, skin care, skin care. I mean, we taking care of your skin, healthy skin. And that's, that's not just, I mean, that's across the board. And if you're going to spend money on Botox and Dysport or dermal filler, or, you know, you want to have the skin to match it. So having healthy skin and a good skincare regimen is hugely important, whether or not you're doing injectables. And girl, wearing SPF every day, I know you know it. I know you know. I know, Trace, like, I will not, but okay. No, I do. I wear my SPF 46 Elta MD, my tinted sunscreen. You are? Every single day. I wear oh it even God, when I'm, I'm in the house. of you. Oh, my God. I, listen, it was a long road to And there, Elta MD? That's Elta a good MD. SPF. Good. I'm, oh, my God. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. God. Um, okay, so yeah, I don't like a tan, but I still oh, wear my sunscreen. I get it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Tans make you feel good. There's a lot of good sunless tanners, though. Spray tans. I, I, I will say, yes. we have come a long way in that department. We are not orange. Oompa no, more, no, we are no. not anymore. We are not. No we are more elevated. Pumpkins here. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I think skincare is huge. And then if you're looking for in-office treatments, if you're like, I want to do like another like blue juju, like, juju, like let's do something else, microneedling, collagen induction therapy, vampire facial is another term for it. But the 
sad truth is we start losing collagen in our 30s, we start losing elastin in our 40s. And the process of microneedling is causing microtrauma to the skin so that the skin it causes like an inflammatory reaction and actually builds the skin back stronger than it than it was to start. So it's it's producing collagen, uh, which is one of the like um, the structural proteins of the skin that provides health and structure and just a, a pretty young, youthful look. So as we lose collagen, it, it changes our appearance and our skin becomes more susceptible to fine lines, wrinkles, texture abnormalities. So collagen induction therapy, microneedling, honestly, you could start that whenever you wanted. And it's very, it's almost like kind of holistic. And, you know, it's, we're not putting anything in there. Mm-hmm. We're using, we numb the face completely. And then we use a microneedling advi- um, device at Skin Design. We use the skin pen. Um, it causes little tiny little holes in the skin, which sounds crazy, but it's it's actually fine. I've done it multiple times and I do not have the highest pain tolerance. And it's very it's and very doable. No, like scarring going no. on. They're so small. Yes. Yeah. It's so teensy and it's um it's a great treatment. It really across the board. So that's something you could definitely do. How do you feel about any oral supplements? Like maybe something more holistic or natural mm-hmm. like a biotin or something more medicinal like a spironolactone or something like that. Yeah, so when it comes to medicinal, that's that's Totally. So let's talk like supplements first. I feel like with the supplements, if you're a healthy person, that means you have healthy kidneys and your kidneys job is to get rid of excess stuff in your body, whether it's vitamins, minerals, proteins, your kidneys are filtering that out and getting rid of it. So when you take excess, say vitamin C by mouth or biotin or collagen, your body can't store that. Your kidneys are going to filter it out. So it doesn't make sense to me to pump yourself with oral supplements as much as it makes sense to put it onto the skin because that's your skin will actually use it. And furthermore, especially collagen, a lot of people take the collagen supplements. Collagen is the main structural protein of your skin, but also muscles, bones, connective tissue. So when you take oral collagen, it's not like you're saying, hey, collagen, go work on the skin. It doesn't direct that way. It's a general collagen. It doesn't know what it's going to do once it gets in the body. And if you take in too much, you're just going to filter it out anyway. I'm very evidence-based. There isn't enough evidence for me to say it makes sense for me to spend my time or money on oral supplements. There is evidence, though, to say, here's the some good skin care. Here's a topical vitamin C, antioxidants, retinol. Those are studied and proven efficacious. So that's where I would put my time and money. Personally. That makes so much sense to me. Yeah. I would have never, ever thought it that <laughs> way. But listening to you say that back, it almost makes me think of weight loss or weight gain, just like when we're, you know, if we're wanting to put on a little bit more weight, Mm -hmm. we don't know if that's going to sit in my belly or my legs or my butt. When I'm losing weight, I don't know if I'm going to lose it from my arms or my face. So that when you put it like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, light bulb. Right. That makes perfect sense. I never, ever, ever would have found that similarity if you didn't just explain it that way. That I love that. The prescribed stuff is different, though. I mean, there are multitude of reasons that someone could be on hormone hormone replacement or spironolactone, um, which also affects the hormones. So, you know, but I, I do advocate trying non-medicinal before going on. Just be, why take a medication if you don't have to? But if you have, if you fail topical things and you need spironolactone or you have, or someone has to go on Accutane or you're someone who maybe needs a short course of doxycycline to help clear up your acne. I'm not against it, but I would love to try some other options before having to take something every day because usually, or there can be side effects to to those. So if we can avoid it, that's great. But if not, then then just do it safely and with a a provider, dermatologist or something like that. Yeah. 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 I love that approach. And I think that's the way that people should look at it. I have... I think I've talked about it on the show before, but I have I was prescribed spironolactone and I will say I do think it made a difference. Yeah. But the older I get, I was just talking last week about mm-hmm. wanting to get off birth control and stop kind of messing with the natural yeah. hormones in my body and anything that could manipulate it because mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it's helping one thing, but you never really know. Is it causing a deterrence yeah. to another? Yeah. Um so the less that we're 
manipulating. Yeah. From that perspective, I think the better, yeah. um, especially when there's probably better options yeah. Or, yeah. or yeah just Less other alternatives yeah. yeah other options yeah agreed absolutely what is the biggest difference between fillers and botox mm. i love that question okay so we kind of talked about the mechanism like how do neuromodulators work they literally like you've seen i showed it to you it looks like water it's like magic water i inject yes. it it's not water you know it's a magic um so i inject it it goes into the muscle and then once we're done with your treatment it looks like you had nothing done you might have like a little red bump in the area yeah. it goes away within a couple hours and then it looks like nothing was done until the medication starts to kick in so Filler's different. Filler is a gel. The ones that I use at Skin Design are made of hyaluronic acid, which is a naturally occurring substance in our body, in our skin. It provides our skin the hydration and moisturized component to the skin. So the fillers, that's the ones that I carry, are made up of hyaluronic acid. So we, well, smart scientists, not me, were able to make this hyaluronic acid into a gel. So when we inject it into the face or into the lips, you immediately see a result because it's actually taking up volume. So it's replacing volume loss. It allows us to sculpt a little bit, to define a jaw, to extend a chin, to provide more volume and hydration to a lip. So it's it's a different animal. And it does last longer. Most most hyaluronic acid fillers, you're getting a good year out of it, and we're finding that they last even longer than what studies have shown previously. So yeah. they're a different beast. But they they both work together beautifully. Uh, so And they can both be done very naturally if you know, if you kind of outlay or lay out your plan, your aesthetic goals, what you're looking for, and then choose the right provider or injector for you. But yes, that's the biggest difference. And you might also, you know, recommend one versus the other, depending on the area itself. Yes. I know that maybe a year or so ago, I was in your office and I said, these smile lines are getting to me. Let's just add those to the list too. And you were like, well, I really wouldn't do Botox with that. Yeah. You said that might be more of a filler situation. Yeah. And you explained to me why. Will you give them that example? So we were talking about the lines like here, right? These ones. Yeah. So those are lovely nasolabial folds, oh. nasolabial lines. Or, oh, next here, next to here. Like these ones. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, like the end of the the nasolabial line, which is like the line that connects like the nose to the side of the mouth. And then we have like these perioral lines or lines that come around like yeah, the side of the, the corners of the mouth. Yeah. So yeah, we wouldn't want to treat Botox, uh, treat that area with Botox because when we are smiling, we're activating certain muscles that allow us to smile. And you don't want to paralyze those muscles because you want to be able to smile. It would look wild if all of a sudden you're like, Tracy can't smile. So we wouldn't want to treat that. But what we can do with filler is we can support the tissue and we can support the fold or the wrinkle so that when you do express, it doesn't fold or crease as harshly. And what's nice too is some filler is like so, so thin and just like just blends in with the skin so well that you're actually supporting the skin it itself so that the skin doesn't crease as much. So that's really nice for like the lines around the mouth and, and the nasolabial line. So it's about kind of su supporting from the bottom up just so that when you are expressing, because we want you to be able to express, but we can we can cr create less of a fold or heavy crease with that expression. Yeah. So that's definitely yeah a good use of filler versus where we wouldn't want to use Botox. Okay, so that kind of plays into creating a natural look. Yeah. Some people being a little bit out there is their thing. I would yeah. go so far as to say, I think most people are just looking to look a little bit more useful. Totally. They want to just feel like themselves. Yeah. They, they're they trying to resist that natural aging process. Yeah. What is the key to maintaining that natural look? And similar, like the the no makeup makeup look, we yeah. want to be the no Botox Botox look, right? Totally. How do you do it? Yeah, the um, I think that it's going slow. Like we kind of talked about this earlier, but there's no there's no need to rush into it. I think a little bit at a time is a very great approach for for the majority of my patients. And I think that treating the face globally is really important as well. When we start looking at 
one area only and hyper-focusing, that area can become overdone. So I think that taking more of a global approach to like facial rejuvenation or augmentation or definition is the best way to do it. I think it yields the most natural results. So someone might come in and say, oh, I want lips. I want bigger lips, but they have a little bit of a recessed chin. I'm like, well, it wouldn't really make sense for me to put these like more voluminous lips on your face if if your chin doesn't match that. So I think balancing is really important and that really does yield the most natural look. And going back to skincare, if you're doing these things, making sure that your skincare is up to par and kind of matches it. And then when it comes to other things like choosing your provider, you know, look at your provider, look at your injector. How do they look? What's their aesthetic? What are their before and after? Show me your before and after. Show me your lips or your your full facial balancing. Show me some before and after of Botox patients that you've done because that's, you can get an idea of what to expect and whether it's natural or not, or whether it's a look that you want to go for. So I think that's really important. And and making sure that you and your injector are on the same page, uh, and that more, and I, that's what most people want, right? They want that, like you said, natural, yeah. just refreshed look, just you know, kind of making that plan together. And there's really no rush in getting everything done at one time. I yeah. love it. Stepwise, yeah. Yes. Another thing that I'm not sure people know about, and again, maybe I am making assumptions, but we're talking about all of this falling under the cosmetic or aesthetics umbrella. Yeah. But there are non-cosmetic or functional purposes for some oh, of yeah. these things too. Totally. Um migraines. Yeah. Lockjaw, right? Yeah. Tell what are what are the other ways that we can use it if we're not if we have some of those things like going on. Yeah. So actually um an interesting like tidbit about Botox is it was actually founded originally and got FDA approval for um, ophthalmology use. So eye doctors used it to treat the muscles of the eye to help with certain ophthalmologic conditions. So something called strabismus, which is like a cross eye or um, spasm of the eyelid. So that's actually what it initially had FDA approval for. I think it was like 1989 or something. It didn't obtain cosmetic approval until 2002 and then Dysport was in like 2009. So it was not used for cosmetic purposes initially. So I know it's like, it's pretty crazy. I didn't realize how recent it is. 2009? 2009 was Dysport. So they've been, so that's, I mean, girl, that's 12 years ago. Okay, well. I know. Um, I, that's how I am. I'm like, oh God, 2000. It seems like, like it was yesterday. Seems like it was yesterday. I'm like, geez wow. Louise. Yeah. So that was 2009 and then okay. Botox 2002. So that's was their initial purposes. But now people get Botox or neuromodulator to further treatment of migraines, tension headaches, hyperhidrosis, which is excessive sweating. You mentioned lockjaw or like TMJ dysfunction, clenching, grinding, really great to treat the masseters. And aesthetically, it'll help to kind of slim the face. So if you do have more of a bulging masseter, maybe because you're working that muscle, you're grinding, you're clenching, it'll help to soften it, quiet it down a so little a bit. Dual purpose. It is. It's a dual purpose. <laughs> it'll give you kind of a little more of like a slim, like heart-shaped look. So that's nice. And then it's also used in um, a urologist for urinary incontinence. That's another one. And actually my in PA school, I had a my paper, my research paper was on how Botox can help treat mental illness and specifically depression. And there's a slew of evidence on that as well. And the premise is you look better, you feel better. But hey, there's no papers on that when it comes to like, false eyelashes or tans or hair, but there is for Botox. That's right. It, yes. Not that I'm saying any, those things are all great too, but like, yeah, but we have just papers that on legitimacy this stuff. to it. Yeah. it. The research is out there. The yeah. data is out there. And that was my paper. Wow. <laughs> Listen, tell me, this talk has been about following a girl me for a while. who knew yeah, what she <laughs> wanted. Okay? I know, my professors are like, really? You can't like write it on like an, anti- I don't know, like some like <laughs> an abdominal, I don't know, nope. infection, nope. surgical thing. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> no. what we love about no. you. <laughs> All right. So I have a couple like kind of quick questions to okay. kind of go through. So tips and tricks. So let's just like talk about surface level Anything that we can do at home, say I just got my treatment, to prolong the lifespan of it. I know you're saying three or four months, things that we either should, should do or don't do. Yeah. So again, going back to healthy skin, the healthier your skin is, the longer and better these treatments are going to look. So at Skin Design, one of the medical grade skincare lines that we carry, we carry two medical grade, we carry Zeo Skin Health and we carry Skin Better and then we carry... um, 
a couple of clean lines. One of them is Lil Fox and one will I'm going to like announce it in the next week or so. <laughs> we just got it in. So I really love to combine that medical, the medical lines that have that like evidence-based medicine, good, the before and afters, the studies, like literally published in dermatology journals. Love that. But then I do like some clean brands, but the brands I bring on, they're also effective and that's hugely important. But yeah, taking care of your skin, washing your face twice a day and exfoliating, which is a big back and forth topic with people over exfoliating. But I do I do really believe in the Zio skincare line and one of their main principles is exfoliation. You know, as adults, we, a, a cell cycle um, of a skin cell, the cell cycle of a skin cell is about four to six weeks. So as a baby or a child, it's three to five days. So the very top layer of the skin, it's all dead skin cells. And it can get thick unless you exfoliate it away. So babies are used to turning over those skin cells and shedding off that dead skin every three to five days. They're like self-exfoliating. We don't have that as adults. It takes us four to six weeks. We have to help that process along. And that's why exfoliation is so important and really doing it daily, whether it's physical or chemical. And we can talk about that when I meet someone, when I see their skin, what are your goals? What is your baseline? Are you in inflamed? Are you acne prone, uh, rosacea? You know, I'm not just not all the time going to recommend exfoliating every day. But for the most part, it's it's a very safe thing for someone to do every single day. So that's really important. Um, and then protecting, you know, going back to protecting that skin, wearing SPF, and then having a good product that that protects and literally plumps up that skin barrier, which is the outermost living layer of the skin. It keeps our skin protected from environmental exposures that will age us and then also traps in and holds in moisture. So having that healthy skin barrier is huge. So just taking care of that skin is going to improve. Totally. Totally. Same but different. Mm -hmm. Say I just got my treatment done. I'm going home home care. So not trying to prolong it necessarily, but maybe trying to do anything that I can to make sure it absorbs the way it's supposed to best, if that makes sense. So like Botox or Dysport specific or like in general? Mm, Let's talk about Botox in general. Yeah. So after, I mean, there really isn't much that you have to do with most of these things besides just like like not touch it. Uh, so like when it comes to disport, it's it's really going to settle in whether or not you do anything. We say like don't work out for four hours. Don't throw makeup on it. You know, we did just put little holes in the skin with the needle. So we'd prefer you to not cover it with makeup. And again, like, like not, don't work out in sweat. Don't lay flat. Don't rub the area. Put a hat on the area, the treatment area. And besides that, there's really nothing else you need to do. It's just going to settle in. Do, like little exercises. You can. They say that you can. But honestly, that's not going to affect the result. If you remember to do it, that's great. But if you don't, that's okay, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Any misconceptions that we haven't covered already that you feel are important to clear up? Okay. I think that the one of the biggest holdups when it comes to this stuff is that it's, it's vain. It's superficial. Like, why do you care so much? And I just, I hate that. And I think that is such an awful misconception because at the end of the day, most people are doing this for themselves. It makes them feel good and there's nothing wrong with that. It makes them look good and there's nothing wrong with that. So if it makes you feel good and look good, hell, all the power to you, do it. And I, and I, and I think, and that drives me a little crazy. I, I, I hate that. And I'm a big proponent to do what you want, especially when, when it comes to your, your body and, and your aesthetic, your look, you know, and that being said, if it's not for you, that's fine too. You know, I have extensions and dye my hair blonde, you know, like, so I don't think everyone should have extensions and dye their hair blonde, but it fits me and I like it. So I'm going to do it, but that doesn't mean it's for everybody. So I think that, if you do want these treatments, if you do want to dabble in this area, then I'm your girl. And even if you don't, I'm still your girl. Like, come in. Let's get you on some good good skincare. Let's get that skin healthy. Let me find you a great SPF. And and I'm not going to push things on you. You know, that that's also not my brand. I'm not going to try to convince you to do something you're not ready for or you just don't want to do. I'm going to go at your pace. I'll make my recommendations and, you know, professional recommendations and suggestions. But I'm not I'm not going to push things on you that you're just like, this is not my vibe. I'm not I'm not here for that yet. Yeah, it's not who you are. Yeah. And then the other misconception is that it, we've touched on this a few times, is that it looks unnatural. I think 
across the board in life, it's the shocking that gets your attention. It's clickbait. Whether it's the news trying to capture your attention or the online or social media, it's the extreme that's going to make you stop and say, oh gosh, it's going to make you click and look. So you're more apt to click on a wildly overdone housewife than you are on like a 40 year old with like a subtle cheek pop and like a little bit of lip filler. You're going to be like, oh, well, that's boring. Let me yeah. click on this wild. But because that's what gets attention and that's what people remember. But that's not the normal. That's the exception. That's not the normal. Right. Like people would be surprised to know that for every one person you see like that, there's two times the amount of people that you have walked by and don't even know they've ever touched their face at all. Such a good point. Yeah. And that's so I think that that it has to look overdone. You it has to look like you've had something done is a huge misconception. It does not have to look that way in most I would dare say all do of my patients do not look like that. Yes, and they do I, not. and I don't. I really don't. I draw the line. I I'm realistic with my patients, and if they don't need something, like you don't need that yet, or you've had too much, or let's take a filler break, let's focus on something else. Let's do some skin treatments. Maybe let's do some microneedling. So it doesn't. You know, just because you want lip filler doesn't mean you have to look like Lisa Renna. Who yeah, I love Lisa Renna, and that is a lip implant, <laughs> mind you. This podcast does not yes. hate on Lisa Renna. No, okay? we love Lisa Renna, and you know what I'm glad she has that lip implant I, I don't I wouldn't I need that for her yeah you know, I no, need I her and I need her, her wigs. Other way at this point but your lips don't have to look like that they're not going to look like that yeah so I think that's um that's a big like take home point yeah with this stuff absolutely well I yeah. think that is a perfect way to wrap this up <laughs> before I let you go people can find you at injector underscore yes Christina with but a then K. with a K <laughs> Christina with a K yes. and then also it is skin design aesthetics on Instagram yes and your website is skindesignma yes. in massachusetts.com. Yes. And the only reason for that, Tracy, because some, someone bought Skin Design Aesthetics. So I didn't know this was like a business. They buy People buy domains and then sell them for tens of thousands of dollars. And someone wanted tens of thousands of dollars for skindesignaesthetics.com. And I was like, girl, I don't have that kind of money. So I went with skindesignma.com. That, that's Listen. why. Yeah. That's wild. It's a wild one. They're sitting there $10,000 short and you're making your money and running your business That's with right. the website skindesignma.com. Right. Like keep okay. your domain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This thank is you. so much fun. And thank you guys for listening. I will see you next Monday. Bye.